I will not uh, take more time in elaborating why I am here. We will talk about Krishna <laughs> straight away. <laughs> because that's what we are here for. So, um, my job or my, my task is to, to deliver some dimensions of Krishna to you. And uh, this is a tough task because Krishna is indefinable. You can't define him. Any avatar, you can't define, especially Krishna, because of his multi-dimensionality. His dimensions are so many, very difficult to even fathom or try to understand why, why or how he operated. We can only take some signs and we can inter inter interpret them as per our understanding or our capacity. First of all, the first thing we must know is that Krishna is beyond comprehension. As we talk further, I will explain it more. You can't comprehend Krishna. If at all we try to attempt to put Krishna into some kind of a bracket, he slips past. You can't hold him there. Another thing you need to know is that his time, the Dwapara Yuka, had a particular flavor. It is said that the life span of Dwapara Yuga was 1000 years. Now Kali Yuga is 100 years. So he, his canvas was larger. <coughs> but Dharma was still existing in that time to some extent. If you look, there were families who operated from righteousness. Clearly, they did not do any, any kind of anything which is unrighteous or any kind of violence in his time. You can see that. And uh, there, were, there, there, were, uh, there was a strong base of dharma operating at that time. Now mostly what you see is adharma operating today. That, that's the difference we must know. His time. And then he came, he took a body, he, his advent was for bringing forth the higher possibility before the close of Dwapara Yuga. Because it said that after he left the body, Kali Yuga started, Kali came in. So there was a very specific context with which he operated or in, in which he operated in that time. Uh, that the, the operating level is very easy to, to understand as, as avatars. Rhythm Barabuddhi, cosmic consciousness level, not the level of local intellect, not the level of acquired knowledge, means knowledge which is derived or collected from the society, from teachers, from, from parents, from religion. That was not the education that his operating level prescribed to. Even though he was under the tutorship of Sandibani, Sandibani knew very well, this is an avatar he is teaching. Nothing to teach him, nothing to give him. Only to reveal. And when will Krishna reveal? Every day or whenever he has to. So there the teacher doesn't have any role to play. A teacher helps a student to reveal himself. But here in Krishna's situation, Sandibani had nothing to do with Krishna's revelation or his time of revealing because that was spontaneous for him. Krishna revealed himself uh, even as a small child, like a three-month-old, two-month-old child because he handled situations which are extraordinary even as a child. And please remember, no avatar had a smooth life. No avatar ever had a smooth life. Look at the story of Rama. Rama was wandering or he, as a child, as a, as a youth, he was going around with uh, Vishwamitra and he developed aversion towards ruling. And what happened? He told Rishwamitra, I can't do this job. You know, this whole politics and this ruling, the royal 
doesn't suit me. I would rather be with the nature. I, I would rather be with the consciousness in meditation, in penance. And what happened? He got an opportunity to be in the forest. Even a thought manifests. Just a thought. So a state definitely manifests. So in the state of Krishna, he was operating from the level of Rhythm Bhara Buddhi, which is cosmic consciousness. There are two operating levels otherwise. One is acquired knowledge. We acquire knowledge from books, from people, teachers, parents, society. And we believe that is truth because it's told by reliable mouths and we operate in that way. Other operating level is through analysis, logical mind. That means we derive it. We derive this information. Third is, or the most important, is Ridambara Buddhi, cosmic consciousness, always being aware. All the great masters operated that way, avatars especially. They operated from the level of cosmic consciousness. So, they are aware. The awareness is the path to cosmic consciousness. No other sadhana will work that much. When you are aware and aware and aware, when you are constantly aware of your everything, physical, emotional, intellectual, all aspects, being aware but not interfering. So when you saturate yourself in awareness, it shifts to cosmic consciousness. That's a normal, con normal shift. Awareness of consciousness shifts us to cosmic consciousness. So Krishna was operating from that plane. That he revealed especially when he delivered Bhagavad Gita. When he delivered Bhagavad Gita, he did not talk of him as a unit, as a personality. He spoke of him as the creator, as, as the universe, as the universal consciousness. So that was very, very clear when he delivered Bhagavad Gita. Again, he revealed himself. When he went to negotiate, when the uh, deal between Pandavas and Kauravas, and Kauravas said, we will not even give them one inch of land. And they tried to arrest the messenger, which is Krishna. He revealed his Vishuruva, his cosmic consciousness, brighter than a million suns. Divisurya Sahasrasya. He displayed himself. Thus, he revealed who he is actually. Normally, an avatar lives a very ordinary life. Krishna has also done that. He never even had expectations. He did not have expectations, even that people will know him, recognize him. So, it's very difficult to work in the society if you are not known, if you are not recognized. Krishna was a, sh a cow herd in the... In in Vrindavan, he was tending to cows, and but he was revealing himself spontaneously many times. But uh, real revelations, one was when he displayed himself to Arjuna, who are you? So he said, this is me, in the 11th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. And that was the time when he, he showed himself, but please remember, even if a master or an avatar shows himself, hardly anybody can actually see. You need to have the eyes to see the glory of a master or an avatar, especially an avatar. Not many people knew Ram was an avatar because Ram went through all the turbulations of human life. So, these are some of the fundamentals we should know. So, operating level was Ridambara Buddhi. His time had still chance of dharma, righteousness existing there. There was still goodness factor. Today, we need much more intensity to reach that state because we are in the midst of contamination minds. The operating level is simply mind and senses. What, we, what is agreeable to our senses is what we consider as real and good or the mind. Maximum will be intellect. 
what is suitable for intelligence, intellect, that's, that we consider as truth. That's why truth is distorted so much today. Earlier, because if you are, if you are focusing on your feelings, if you are focusing on your awareness, truth cannot be distorted so much. Truth won't be distorted because you will know. When truth happens, you will know because you feel. When the feeling is lost, especially when the conscience is disturbed, because we do things which are not suitable to the conscience, if that happens, feelings cannot manifest properly or feelings are not felt well and naturally we will lose the track. Coming back to Krishna, as a child, he was performing dharma. How was he performing dharma? Very, very simple. He liberated even the demons. The, the, the people, the negative beings, Kamsa sent to kill him. He liberated them, such as Putana and may, many people, many, many beings <coughs> whom Kamsa, his uncle, sent to kill him. He liberated them. This is one aspect of an avatar. He just did not kill him. He ensured that being is dissolved. Not like a soul hanging around without a body. When you kill, the soul exits the body but does not go away because everybody is body bound. All of us are body bound. All of us are personality bound. We do not exit easily. Even with death, when the physical is gone, still the subtle remains. Krishna ensured Putana attained moksha, Putana moksha. Moksha is liberation. That is an avatar. So, even as a toddler, even as a child, in every aspect, his method was liberation. That shows a powerful avatar, a complete avatar. One of the things which I can definitely say. And everybody who came to him, even to kill him, he honored them, respected them, touched them. Touching an avatar itself, forget about any other aspect, but even coming in contact with an avatar, is a sure guarantee that liberation has landed in your life. So, various beings came to Krishna. He touched them. Some of them were killed, but their souls did not hang around. They were liberated. This is a sign of an avatar. No residue on earth. Complete cleansing. He did not release toxic energies. See what happens. Imagine a person has very negative feelings. Hiranyakashipu had very, very dark feelings. He hated God, thinking he is God. I am God and everybody else is below me. Illusion, delusion, Ego. When ego happens, the, con the corresponding stubbornness happens. When ego and stubbornness exist, liberation is impossible. You cannot be liberated because you are stuck to your physical. So, Hiranyakashibu had the same pr problem. Likewise, most of the people who had a toxic interior inside, they all felt they are the truth or they command the truth. Or at least they control people. So when they came, when they were killed, Krishna did not release them as toxic because the sukshma still remains. Sthula has gone. So the gross has gone, dead. 
Sukshma still remains. What will happen if the Sukshma still remains on earth? Either they will enter another body or they will take another birth. Both are dangerous because it's unending, loop, cycles. So what did Krishna do? Liberated them. They don't have to come back. Cleansed them, liberated them. This is a sign of an avatar. <coughs> what do usually people do? Imagine there is a possess somebody possess somebody. There is an energy possessing somebody. Usual people do, they take them out, exorcise them and bind them. Krishna did not even bind them. He liberated them. That's an avatar. Liberation is the sign of an avatar. Staying liberated, he was liberation incarnation. He liberated all the people who came to him. Not just people. It's the cows and the calves. The birds and the animals who came to his proximity was given the guarantee of liberation. They all got liberated. That's the avatar. Now Krishna as a youth, I think I have explained about as a child how he liberated. So that's a sign of an avatar. We're talking about complete avatar. As a youth, unbound, exuberant, he was enchanting. Mohana, somebody who attracts, somebody who enchants. Enchanting becomes your nature when you are completely within yourself. You become like an extraordinary magnet because you are not scattered. Why do we do not experience that feeling of being one? Because mind is all over. Mind is mostly in the past, events of the past, experiences of the past, memories of the past, or anxiety over future. When mind is occupied in so many things, illusory things, past is finished, you can't do anything in the past. So there's no point in staying in the past. Future is yet to be. <coughs> we do not know which course the future takes. So what is your reality right now, today? If mind is existing in today, this is the sign that you have, you have started <coughs> being in awareness. If your mind is existing now, existing today, enjoying the fruits of now, not expecting too much. Like Krishna's, I told you about expectation. I'll come to that. Not expecting too much, being in now, and experiencing life as it comes without discrimination. Thoughts that come, emotions that come, everything that happens in you, if you are not discriminating them, if you are not fighting them, you are being one with them. You are being one with all your feelings, all your emotions, all your actions. That makes you stable in the now. If you are stable now, you will be stable tomorrow. That sign you can see in Krishna. Now about expectation, I touched, it up, touched upon it earlier. One of the clear side of expectation, Krishna was dressing up to go to see Duryodhana. Duryodhana is not a positive person. He, has, he, has a, he had a toxic mind. When I say toxic mind, he had desires of selfish nature. That's a toxic mind. Ego makes inside toxic. If you feel you are bigger or higher than somebody, that brings toxic situation in the mind. Like that, jealousy, greed, anger, hatred, all these things creates jealousy or uh, creates toxins inside. So that contaminates us. Duryodhana had that situation to some extent or to, to a reasonable extent. Krishna was going to see him. Krishna is also a king and he was dressing up. He was dressing up too much. Normally he doesn't dress up so much. He, he, he gets ready very fast. 
his charioteer was amazed or amused to see Krishna dressing up so much. So he asked, why are you dressing up so much? He said, I have a very important meeting. He asked, to, with whom? Duryodhana. He said, Lord, you are avatar, you are a lord. You are avatar. You are avatar of Mahavishnu. He should come and meet you. You should not go and meet him. So Krishna asked, tell me one occasion where darkness came to meet light. It's always light goes to darkness. I go to him. Then he said, why are you dressing up so much? He's not worth that because his ideas and his, he's an angry man, he's jealous guy. Why do you do that? Then he said, he can't see who I am actually. Who actually I am, he cannot see. Let him see my costume. That's exactly where Krishna did not even expect people to recognize him. Mostly, we know Krishna as an avatar much later, much, many, many, 5,600 years later, we know him as an avatar. <coughs> A lot of people recognized him. Vyasa recognized him. Many people recognized him. That happens. But most people cannot recognize him. An avatar when you talk about Krishna as a complete avatar, it's like a blind person going to check on an elephant, how an elephant looks like. He touches the, the leg and so oh, elephant is like a pillar. And, some, and then he touches the trunk, oh, he's, he's like a horse. Like that, part by part, we try to recognize an avatar and then we fail. We decide. That's why today, most of the things that we see are interpretations of minds about truth, not truth. It's not truth. They are interpretations of truth by minds which has capacities. Okay, that's about it. About Krishna, as a youth, he was unbound. He was doing things which sometimes now today they would say that it's scandal. Scandalous. But one thing I'll tell you, when he released the, uh, the, uh, the major, one of the major problem for people about Krishna is his number of wives, 16,008 wives, so many wives, but he lived 125 years. So uh, lifespan was, as I said, you know, the lifespan was more during the opera. And Krishna, in that context, is like about 30 years of now, in that context. Krishna had all these wives. Ex the exact situation is not understood by people who claim that Krishna was uh, a flamboyant uh, person. He was, of course, he was very enchanting. But uh, more, more or less like a, like a Romeo. That's not the thing here. When he released the people from the prison after killing, the, uh, killing one of the kings, and uh, it's not important to know the, the details, but to know the context, the point here. He told all the people who were in the prisons, many, many people, and some were in the prison because they did not agree with the king, not because they committed any crime. They were in the prison because, and some, sometimes the entire family was in the prison because one of the family members had to be taught a lesson for the crime he committed. So what they did was to put the entire family in the prison. Torture and all these things, these are all, these are all part of the correction methods. So when they were all released, they were all sent, Krishna said, you can all go back home, be peaceful, nobody will touch you. I'll ensure. They went back home to their places. Later on, most of them came back to Dwaraka, to Krishna, and told Krishna, Krishna, 
earlier in the prison we used to get food three times now in the society we are all convicts ex convicts nobody wants us nobody allows us to come to come to their homes nobody cares and nobody gives us food we are starving krishna gave all the women royal wife status what happens when you when a person is a royal wife they get pension from the palace they get money from the palace they are taken care of by the palace and all of them went back <coughs> to the society as royal wives everybody respected them everybody invited them some were very old some had spent a lot of time in the prison and were very old so don't think that all these wives were the so called wives were very young no they were, some of them were very old krishna was a revolutionary he gave them royal wife status so that they will never have hunger they are taken care of this is the mind of an avatar or the state of an avatar but when people think about wives and girlfriends and stuff he they always believe or think this is in a very emotional or the plain mind level that's not true again as a youth he was unbound but that's exactly how the youth should be he restrict things all the things become become uh thing for the future means suppressed when you suppress things you got to take a birth to fulfill them so every stage of his life he completed his things everything was completion look at the relationship he had with radha there are so many stories or the so many uh, theories connected to it which we are not looking at theories what was radha's strength of course purity she was very pure but more important most importantly she wanted krishna to be happy not that she what am i getting she never asked she always thought krishna should be happy krishna should be good feeling good protected loved she did everything to ensure krishna is happy imagine a life of sacrifice a life of deep deep love which makes a person full and complete in that love and another aspect is that her meditation or penance was the waiting for krishna krishna was busy he hardly turned up but her wait was her without complaints again please remember when you complain or when you expect your mind takes over emotions come and you get deluded completely then you compare oh i am not treated well why is krishna with another person all these kind of nonsenses come and then the mind is clouded you don't see the truth but here radha's case even when the gopis told radha hey look here he is sleeping with a lot of women probably radha only asked one question is he happy that makes a powerful personality she was a very powerful personality so powerful that we have radha and krishna temples today the power and the integrity of a personality creates that person eligible to be a deity radha is a deity she waited without expectations for krishna and that waiting and waiting and waiting became her strength that's 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 the level of and also because she only wanted good to happen to krishna the story where the wives of krishna got jealous of her and gave her boiled milk to drink saying that krishna sent this oh krishna sent this she drank boiled milk it burn it can burn the entire throat and all the organs inside she drank coolly and gave the glass back and when krishna came for lunch krishna said i can't i can't eat anything my whole throat is burned 
means Radha in consciousness was so merged with Krishna, whatever should have happened to Radha happened to Krishna. Same thing with Vyasa. We must understand this very clearly. That connects to our bhakti, our devotion. When we say we are connected to a master or a guru or a <coughs> god, ask this question, how much, how deep? This question is very important. Vyasa was sitting at the side of the river, waiting to cross over and meditating. The river was swollen, Yamuna was swollen, water was flowing outside, flooded. And the Gopas and Gopis, they came with a lot of sweets and, and uh, said this is for Krishna. Vyasa ate most of it. And finally, when he got them to cross over and uh, meet Krishna, Krishna said, I can't eat them. I ate them just a few minutes ago or hours ago. The same thing. When Vyasa was eating, Krishna was getting it. They were so integrated into each other. So these are all signs that uh, how, how well they are all connected. And we need to consider our bhakti also in these lights. We should think about them in these lights. Now Krishna as a politician, a moderator, he was, uh, if you look at Krishna as a, as a politician, politician means he was like a mediator, moderator, going between Kauravas and Pandavas, trying to sort out things, trying to bring justice. But if you look at Krishna's life, all that he did, one thing, the ground, the thread was very clear righteousness. He did everything so that general righteousness prevails. He might have favored Pandavas. Why did he favor Pandavas? We must understand that in a different light. I am telling you this because from the context of Bhishma, if you think, you will know why. Why do Krishna favor Bhaktas? He favored Pundanam. He told Melpatur, I like his Bhakti more than your Vibhakti. That's because it's not knowledge, not analysis, which gets you closer to subtlety. Analysis keeps you with the brain, with the intellect. But when you are closer and closer to subtlety, which is Bhakti is a very good path, devotion is a very good path. Awareness is even better because you become that. But uh, that Raja Yoga path, that's not easy. It's not easy because you are connecting to the, uh, the pure brightness. That's not easy. But bhakti is a very good path, very smooth path for connecting to consciousness. So, when, uh, uh, when a person stops analyzing and starts feeling, starts submitting, starts surrendering, the deity, the God cannot do anything. He becomes helpless. Love makes a God helpless. Devotion makes God helpless. But if you are analyzing, if you are thinking, you are comparing, then it's okay that you, you are in the intellect plane. So that's why Krishna favored, because all the Pandavas were surrendered to Krishna. He, they, they, I don't know whether they understood Krishna as an avatar completely, Probably not. Even Arjuna did not understand Krishna, recognize Krishna as a complete avatar at all. He took him as a friend. Krishna was Arjuna's friend. So, a friend, okay, you can, we can have a tea together, drink together. That's about it. But Kauravas recognized that he's dangerous as a politician because he has awareness. He has awareness of past, present and future. Such people know what they are doing. That's not good for people who want to manipulate. So for people who like to manipulate and control through fear, they do not like people with awareness. That's why they get crucified. They are killed because they are dangerous for them. For the, for, for the good and the righteous, they are, they are the hope. They are the path. They are the destination. So in this case, he was totally based on dharma. And I'll tell you why, uh, as I said, Bhishma's. Bhishma was lying on the bed of arrows for the hemisphere to change to Uttarayan, to the, uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, 
time to change to Uttarayan and uh, Krishna came in the pretext of explaining to, the, to uh, Dharmaputra, the Yudhishthira and uh, but, uh, but Bhishma recognized, Bhishma said, hey look here, avatar is standing next to me and I am leaving my body, what else can I ask for? Then Krishna in the pretext of explaining the dimensions or whatever to Yudhishthira actually favored Bhishma. Bhishma said, now you are standing outside of me, but you should stand inside me. Because when I close my eyes and die, I may miss you because you are outside. Please come inside. So I go with you. See, Bhishma with all his vows and tapas, he earned Krishna. You see, he, <coughs> he earned the avatar, Krishna. Same with Ravana. Ravana, I am not deviating, but just to prove this point. Do you think Ravana was a fool, an arrogant, egoistic king? I think he was very smart. Because when the Homa was done for the auspiciousness and victory of Ram, and Ravan was the presiding priest, Ravan was a Brahmin and he was also a king. A Brahmin and a king can never say no. Not allowed to say no dharmically in dharma. So he came, he attended and he, he did his job well. And he told Ram, the ceremony was good, well done, it's all done well. You will have victory. So Ram asked, what dakshina can I give you? Then he said, you are a poor man. You come from the forest. I'm, I'm a king, I'm a rich man. What can you give me? So, but Dakshina has to be given. That's the rule, that's a norm. So, Ram said, I must give you something. So, Ravan said, when I die, stand by me. Can you believe it? He asked Dakshina, when I'm leaving the body, you as an avatar, because Ravan knew Ram is an avatar. That's the thing here. He knew Ram is an avatar. When I am leaving the body, may I, let me see you and you be here, be, you be with me when I leave the body. He is taking an insurance that liberation is guaranteed. Avatar coming to you or you are remembering an avatar, that is the beauty of Narayana. Narayana means the destination of man is Narayana. Destination is supreme consciousness. Man is unit consciousness. The destination of unit consciousness is supreme consciousness. That is represented by Krishna. So when you remember the name of God, remember the name of Guru, remember the name of an avatar, you reach them, especially at the time of death. That needs grace. You need to work towards that. Consistent connection, consistent surrender, remembrance. So, so all this, while he was a politician, he was actually a mediator. And at that time also, he was fully established on righteousness. And never ever deviated from the purpose. Whatever he did, his purpose was to preserve dharma on earth. He never deviated. Every action is to liberate somebody or to set dharma in motion. Even the war he waged, he did not take up arms except when dharma, that question of dharma was at stake. And beyond everything, practical, heavily practical, no nonsense, practical, no emotions, no bullshit, practical. This is exactly how he was. Now, as an enchanter, that's the main thing that we always remember. He was enchanting because he, it was his nature. The nature of sun is heat and light. Whether the sun chooses to deliver heat or light, heat and light, 
or not. That is his nature. When there is sun, there will be heat and light. Similarly, Krishna never chose to be an enchanter. He had no interest in that kind of things. But by nature, that was his nature. He enchanted. The flute he played enchanted. His dancers and his leelas enchanted. That was not because as a child he enchanted. That was not because he chose to do these things. That's, a remem that's what we should remember. There is no pretension here. Expressing the nature is authentic. Pretension is not authentic. Imitation is not authentic. But if you express your nature, that's authentic. You are supposed to express your nature. Actually, all of us, our personality is expression of our nature. Our likes and dislikes are expressions of our nature. We are all helplessly expressing our nature. Our intelligence or stupidity is also, correct, uh, also connected to this expression of our nature. So, Krishna was simply expressing his nature. When he lifted the mountain to protect the people of, the, of Vrindavan, he was expressing his nature. Unlimitedness, unlimited power, possibility. We fail to see like we also do not know our power. We, we are controlled by our mind. Mind has put us in a box and we walk within like a rat trapped in a cage. We walk inside and think, oh, this is our, our life. And then we get excited when we get some food. We get excited when we can do some things which are of sensory nature. That's the, we never ever realize that's our binding. We never realize that's our binding. But when Krishna was doing certain things which are extraordinary, he was also telling the people, the people of the time and beyond, that you are multidimensional. You have all the powers. Why are you trapped in your mind or mind trapped state like a slave? That's the thing. And today, like if you look at Krishna in, in various temples you take, of course, Guruvayur is, is, is a Vaikuntha form, means a Mahavishnu. And that also has significance, especially because Brahma told Mahavishnu, you're too big, you're too, too large to see, you, I can't see you. You are so brilliant. Brighter than a million suns, I can't see you. How do I worship you? If I can't touch you, feel you, see you, how can I worship you? That's the time when Mahavishnu gave, gave Brahma the idol of idol which is in Guruvayur now. So that idol is, is the form of Mahavishnu as, as he can be worshipped. Otherwise, Mahavishnu cannot be seen. What we perceive, he comes as. Or as we perceive, we see him. That's all we have, we can say. But they are unfathomable, unknowable, huge consciousness. Consciousness is huge, much larger than the created universe, much beyond. So you can't see. So that's how he came and then the, uh, then that idol is, uh, is delivered through Prachapatis to uh, Vasudeva, Vasudeva to Krishna, Krishna now in Guru Ayo. We know the story. <coughs> Krishna's dimension. But when you look at Puri, you can see huge eyes and hands reaching forward. Sahasraksha, Sahasrapad. That means thousands of eyes. All the eyes that are operating in here are Krishna's eyes. All the hands, limbs, they are also lords. So, in on earth, everything Inside everything is the Lord. When you start seeing that thing inside all beings, like Bhishma told that Shigandi, Shigandi is a not, ma not man or a woman, means in between, neither a man or a woman. So when, Sh when Shigandi came in front, Bhishma did not fight because Bhishma will fight only with a man another man. So, he stopped fighting. 
and, and Shigandi attacked him. So Bhishma said, he is not Shigandi. I can see who is inside him. It's Narayana. It's, it's Lord inside him. If we start seeing Lord in every being who comes to us, in some form, the Lord is coming to us, your master is coming to you, or guru is coming to you. If you are able to perceive that clearly, your chitta inside becomes pure. Chitta shuddhi, you know. Chitta becomes pure. Chitta is the substratum. <coughs> the platform becomes pure. When the platform becomes pure, God resides there. When the inside is pure, God resides there. Shuddhi, Shuddhi puri purification, purity. It has great value. That's why people say when you get up, immediately brush the teeth, purification. Because every word you are uttering through your mouth should not be contaminated because you are resting the whole night. Like that you take a bath, purification of the body. Your actions, your movements, everything should be pure. So purification of body, purification of mind, purification of intellect, and purification of chitta, the substratum which holds all the body, mind, intellect, that, that whole basis, basis of the subtle or the operating platform of subtle, sukshma. If that's pure, God resides there. You only see God. There's nothing else. So everybody and anybody coming to you are representations of Narayana, the destination of man, supreme consciousness. So these are the, the uh, as an enchanter, he was just, he was not doing anything deliberately. It was his nature and that nature continues. That's why different dimensions you see, one dimension in Guruvayur, another dimension in Puri. Puri, it's a supreme consciousness. That is why he has big eyes, means many eyes. How do you otherwise represent many eyes? And, and, and extended limbs to embrace because the whole life is embra embracing you. Life is hugging you. You are running away from life. If you hug life back, you will be in terms with every activity, everything comes to you that comes to you, good, the bad, everything will be part of you. So that's the, the Bhagavan. Now, um, Krishna as the king. If you look at, this is almost like conclusion for me. Krishna as a king. You like, just remember Krishna as a king. Nobody slept hungry in his kingdom. But he never controlled people so much because there was, there was exuberance, there was abundance. Because Lakshmi lives there. Where will Lakshmi live? Lakshmi lives with auspicious, Lakshmi is auspiciousness and lives where there is auspiciousness, there is goodness, righteousness. Uh, the, the situations of war and, and death and torture and killing, uh, even uh, hatred, jealousy, Lakshmi will not live there because auspiciousness is not there. How can you ensure Lakshmi lives with you? Have righteousness as your operating platform. Goodness as, you, as, uh, as, your part, as the most important part of your character. Goodness, righteousness, love, kindness, compassion. So Krishna's, uh, Krishna as a king ensured nobody had a, uh, nobody slept hungry. Nobody had a, any big problem because karma brings problems. Karma brings situations which nobody can control. That was allowed. But at the same time, when an help is sought, it's given. It's always given. So Krishna's rule was extremely benevolent, unselfish. He didn't do anything for himself. Of course, he was an avatar. He want, never wanted anything. But the same was with uh, uh, Dharmaputra, Yudhishthira. He never, he never had a rule. Uh, he never ruled um, selfishly. Never for his family, no nepotism, no greed, no uh, accumulation of wealth, nothing. Whatever he had, he shared. That's how the rule should be for the country, for the people, for the well-being of the entire uh, earth. Every, not just people, the birds, the animals, the trees, the plants, every being should exist peacefully. 
all you need is peace, shanti. And that's exactly how Krishna ruled his country. But he knew very well, Dwaraka is too good. To anchor Dwaraka, it takes an avatar. You need an avatar to anchor such a creation. And when, when the avatar leaves, it can shake the foundation of the, of the city. He knew it will go down the water because it was too good. And he shifted all the people, more, all, all the people to Vrindavan and other places because he knew it will go. So he was farsighted. He could see beyond. He knew what's, what's going to happen, what, will, what is happening now. And the Yadava clan also got disintegrated. <laughs> that was, Krishna did not even do anything to protect because if Adharma comes, destruction has to happen. Krishna did not even touch that even in his family. Because when you are with an avatar, when there is abundance, arrogance is part of it. Arrogance comes without knowing. Ego happens. When 10 people start recognizing you, ego comes. Oh, I am important. I am somebody. Ego is like that, like a shadow. It follows you. Arrogance is its expression. And that leads to destruction. That's what happened with the Yadava clan. When Krishna left, Yadava clan collapsed. That's exactly how it happened. And also remember, Krishna, whatever he delivered, it had distinction. What he delivered in Kurukshetra, the battlefield, was distinct for that purpose. How to lead a life righteously. How to live righteously. How to live the whole life with, with the aim of completion, a complete life. So if you understand Bhagavad Gita, you will understand how to lead a life which is rooted in completion. What is the importance of completion? Everything that you go through in life should make you complete so that you don't want that anymore. Oh, I, I need much more of this. That means you are asking for more time. More lifetime sometime. Maybe in this life, if you can't achieve it, you may have to come back. So every situation, everything should be completion. I had it. I'm, I'm happy. Thank you. If it comes again, good. If it doesn't come, no problem. So Bhagavad Gita tunes you, sets you, tones you, tones you to that level of that you are oriented to completion. At the same time, when Uddhava asked the question in Uddhava Gita, <coughs> Krishna didn't tell about this. He didn't talk. He spoke about dissolution. That's the difference. Where what is the aim of life? To merge back with consciousness. If you know you are a unit, you can know the universe. First you know yourself as a unit. Otherwise you cannot know yourself as a universe. This is exactly what he, he this is the difference. This is exactly what makes him an avatar. The difference in communication oriented and focused on the event or the situation and completely different. But, but the whole aim is to bring awareness and to delete ignorance. Just like I said earlier, when an avatar stands by you at the time of your death, or if you remember an avatar at the time of your death, it wipes off the ignorance of personality, ignorance that you are the personality, and liberates you to consciousness. What more we can ask for? So this is approximately what I wanted to tell. Thank you. Nowadays, I don't do that much. Thank you. Yeah, I will just conclude it uh, with the two more sentences. One is that look at Krishna as practical. Everything he did, it was practical, not, no theory. 
theories were all like uh, he, he explained about how to live a life all those fine but practical beyond spiritual be practical is see when you approach spirituality when you approach life always ask one question is this practical for me if something is not practical for you you should have the guts and courage to say not my cup of tea even if it is given by <coughs> your most respected person you say that i can't i can't handle this this is not within my capacity i am not tuned oriented or uh, capacitated to handle this very important likewise if you look at krishna he always came when called he did not walk in and say hey, can i help you is a clear sign of a stabilized so avatar it's a very stable avatar this all makes him complete he came when he was called when somebody asked the question why you did not come before the uh, uh, the uh, the uh, disrobing of uh, panchali he said i was not called i came when i was called that's the point free will is given utmost importance free will to choose your path choose your style choose how you want to live choose everything free will is given most importance or utmost this exactly how the dharma works in dharma we are all born we are karmic beings we are all born and our free will is of utmost important otherwise your personality is compromised so krishna never interfered in the free will but when help is asked it was given this we should remember also one other thing the best sadhana in today's time in kaliyuga is to remember see you we may not get enough time to sit down and chant and pray and do that but remember remembrance surrender remembrance surrender remembrance surrender if this can be made into a perfect sadhana inside will be pure chitta shuddhi as i told the chitta will be pure likewise your kurukshetra is your own life your daily life how you maneuver in in this daily life this is exactly how you connect to consciousness remembrance handling life as it comes without resistance through acceptance through surrender and also flexibility if you surrender flexibility acceptance they are all coming together as you lead your life if you live that life like this definitely you are in tune with krishna consciousness you are in tune with krishna consciousness you can see practicality flexibility leading the life as it or accepting the life as it comes zero resistance finding solutions and moving on that to your sadhana your penance your meditation in kali yuga thank you jai shri krishna <coughs> I was just so glued to the to the screen. I I wasn't even moving it. So thank you very much. Uh, would you have a few minutes to answer some questions for some 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 devotees? I think we over short time, right? It's time for you to sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Please, please. Yeah. everybody loves children right we all love children and there is no ego there is no personality that strong when it's a child see why do we why do we like children and lesser less we have pro- i mean uh, children more and we have problem with adulthood because we can't handle personalities see we analyze right we analyze we compare we tend to uh to uh, to criticize judge all those things but with children we accept if a children does a prank we have no problem uh, there's a child no problem so krishna as a child is really, really of course it's very beautiful and enchanting but apart from that it's easy to connect 
easier to connect. Well, again, you need to go back to the free will aspect. Is your is liberation your purpose? Most people will not. They will say no. See, imagine the people coming to a temple, even Brampton Temple. Many people come there searching for peace of mind. Now, I'm not. I'm not trying to diminish the uh, quality of devotees. Or I'm saying that mostly, why do we go to temple? Most people, they go to temple asking something. You see, how many people come to Krishna, say that I need you, I don't need anything else, just give me yourself. How many people? So, so depending on what is your purpose or what is your priority, that's delivered. So, if Krishna is your priority, then you may go through various hardships because all that you are clinging on to, you may have to drop. Your personality related matters such as position, possession, relation, you may have to drop them, not fully, not that you run away from your dharma, pidr dharma, putra dharma, all those dharmas are to be preserved or, or, or handled properly. But at the same time, you, you are surrendered to the Lord and you, you, you're telling Krishna, all I need is you. And then in that case, then it will be, uh, then, then you'll get Krishna of course. But uh, uh, you may have to go through all the pains of life. But that we are not ready. When pains are happening, we are not ready. Oh, no pain. No pain for me. So, uh, if you are able to face, like Kunti Mada said something. Kunti Mada said, told Krishna to give pains. Kunti Mada said to give pains so that she remembers Krishna all the time. But will anybody pray like that? But normally we go, oh, please uh, get my daughter married to a good guy or uh, get a good job, or son get a good job, something like that. So the, the shallowness of our desires uh, or, or, or the shallow, the usual desires, this is what we go to temple or church or mosque for. So that's exactly what the point is. Otherwise, the, the, that's your free will. But otherwise, if you say, you take care of me, I leave myself to you. The right thing will happen to you for liberation. Everything will be liberation oriented. Things will work to work in, in that path, moksha path. Otherwise, it will not. Because that's not the agenda. The agenda is, uh, is terrestrial things like position or relations or something. So, that's the difference here. Um, I wish we could keep asking more questions, but I'll ask one more if you don't mind. Yes, please. Well, um, the, that's a cycle of time. Satya Yuga was fu fully conscious state. All the beings of Satya Yuga was fully conscious. They, they, uh, they were uh, operating from Ridambara Buddhi level, means cosmic consciousness level, where they completely knew what they are, why they are, how they are, all these things. And most of the creations and the prachapatis, they were all existing. And also you can see the interaction, like even Ravana was interacting with Shiva. Lord Shiva, because a person who had the capacity to be in that level of subtlety where you can interact with the deity, those were existing. So then it's a constant degeneracy. Time span is reduced. Like they say uh, that in, in, uh, in Treta Yuga, Sri Rama's time, uh, 10,000 years was the lifespan of a person. If you read the story of Ravana, he cut one head at a time. Uh, every every thousand years or something, and before the entire head was cut, uh, the god appeared. So, uh, and while the Krishna's time, thousand years. Now our time is hundred years. But you look at the number of people who are born in this time. Many people are born, but most are unconscious. They think they are the personality. They are only eating, drinking, sleeping, and doing things of the terrestrial nature. 
that's because the degeneracy, degeneracy is part of the earth cycle and everything is re, re, reborn. That is each, uh, the Manundara, right? The, the cycle happens. Like the story of uh, Rama, when uh, Rama was coming back after the war, rescuing Sita in the Pushpakubiman, Sita was fiddling with her ring and it fell into the ocean. So, Anumanji jumped. So, before that, uh, uh, Ram said that uh, there is Ram written on the ring, so you can pick up the ring. So, Hanumanji went down and he saw many rings with Ram written on it. So, he did not know which one. So, he came back and asked Ram, that's surprising that I saw many rings. So, Ram said, this story has been enacted many times. I was Ram many times, you were Hanuman many times. That's why there are rings there many times. Platform remains, platform of earth remains, the cycle changes, it recycled, that happens. So, uh, this, this is a continuous process. It's always a continuous process. But our priorities takes us to our destination. That's the only difference here. Individually, we can be in Satyuga, means our, our, we are in fully conscious state. Individually, we can be in Treta Yuga, in that level of like 24% reduction in consciousness. Then uh, probably um, Dwapara Yuga, it could be 50% reduction of consciousness. And uh, Kali Yuga, mostly unconscious. So, from that degeneracy, then, then comes the fully conscious state, but then recycling has to happen. But many people who are born in Kali Yuga are only born in Kali Yuga. They will hibernate enough time until the next Kali Yuga happens. Please understand, that's a cycle of degeneracy or cycle of evolution, let's say. Let's not use the word negative word, degeneracy. That's how it is. Did I answer your question or did I deviate it? A lot of questions keep coming up. No, did I answer your question? Did I answer your? Uh, that, was, that was a good response. Yeah, I, I loved it. I love every response. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, Mohanji, I would like to close the meeting, but yes. I would like to know if you can do a closing prayer for us. Shantakaram Bhujagashayanam Patmanabham Suresham Vishwadharam Gaganasadrisham Mekavarnam Shubhangam Lakshmi Kandam Kamananayanam Yogi Vridhyanagamyam Vande Vishnum Bhavabhaiharam Sarvalokai Kanatham Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Narayanaya. Thank you very much, Mohanji. Thank you. Excellent end to our day and <laughs> your day is just starting off in India. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks and love to all of you. Jai Shri Krishna.